Welcome to A Year in the Bible with Pastor Doyle Jackson. Day 224, Jeremiah chapters 8, 9, and 10. Jeremiah intercedes for his wicked neighbors. So who do you pray for first? I must be honest. (laughs) I start with those that are close to me. You know, today's hard because Judah and God's people are in a bad way. I mean, they've gone so far from God. They're behaving so wickedly. We open with chapter 8, which follows the valley of slaughter, you know, the end of chapter 7. This is what it says in Jeremiah 7.31. They have built the high places of Topheth in the valley of Ben-Hinnom to burn their sons and daughters in the fire, something I did not command, nor did it enter my mind. God says, it never entered my mind that you people would ever kill your own children. I mean, that resonates with our world, doesn't it? We have a huge percentage of our culture that believes that abortion, the killing of your children, will better your life. As we turn the page to Jeremiah chapter 8, it warns them, The bones of the kings and the officials of Judah, the bones of the priests and the prophets, and the bones of the people of Jerusalem will be removed from their graves. This is like saying, you're you're not going to have even peace when you die. The people have gotten so bad that God is going to, he's going to deal with you and it's going to go beyond into the grave. Now that's a fact. It's not it's not easy to say. It's not nice, as some people would say. But God says, yes, you're going to suffer even beyond the grave. God's hope and Jeremiah's hope was that they would repent. In Jeremiah 8, 6, it says, I have listened attentively, but they do not say what is right. None of them repent of their wickedness, saying, what have I done? Each pursue their own course like a horse charging into battle. See, God's listening to us. Even we're in a bad place, all we have to do is cry out, and he'll come and rescue us. But but Judah's not doing that. Judah doesn't do that. They they are running headstrong, full-on speed. There's nothing that can redirect them. This is why Jeremiah is preaching. He says he's mourning for them, At the same time, he's interceding for them. Chapter 9 opens with a fountain of tears. This is the heart of an intercessor. Are are you and I crying enough over the lost souls in our life, in our world, in our neighborhood, in our community, in our city, our nation? Jeremiah 9, 17. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Consider now, call for the wailing women to come, send for the most skillful of them. I mean, he says, call the people, the women specifically, who will fast, who will wail, who will pray for the nation. Do you know someone who prays like that? Well, maybe you need to hang out with them and learn how to pray like them. Maybe maybe we need to seek this out. This is what our nation needs right now. Listen to verse 18. Let them come quickly and wail over us till our eyes overflow with tears and water streams from our eyelids. The sound of wailing is heard from Zion. How ruined we are, they say. 
How great is our shame. We must leave our land because our houses are in ruins. Hmm. I mean, it's, it's a powerful image, isn't it? This is a call for women to wail and ask for God's mercy. Remember this when people tell you that women aren't important in the Bible. It's just not true. This is a powerful picture, an invitation in the midst of a city and a nation that's rejected God. This is a lesson for us. There's a contrast. Judah's idolatry is on one side, this sin of theirs versus God's mercy extended to all who will repent. Jeremiah is inviting them to repent. He closes with a prayer of intercession in Jeremiah chapter 10, verses 23 to 25. He even says, Discipline me, Lord, but only in due measure, not in your anger, or you will reduce me to nothing. See, that's intercession. He puts his, his own life before the people and says, God, have mercy. Let's pray. Father, have mercy on my city, my state, and my nation. Yes, discipline me. We've rejected you. Forgive us in Jesus' name. Amen.